it's really important to be careful about identifying the type of coffee that you have, whether it's a light roast, medium roast, and dark roast, and finding that optimal grind and temperature so that you don't either get too much sourness, which is a result of being under extracted, or you have an over extraction where you're pulling too much out of the coffee and you're getting bitterness. We have a cafe of our own in the hotel and we're calibrating daily our espresso um, particularly and that is to make sure that it's not too sour, not too bitter. You want to find that sweet spot. From Mumble Coffee, this is Coffee 101, a show all about coffee. I'm Kent Thomas, and every week my coffee friends and I are bringing you the absolute best coffee education you can find out there in the coffee verse. Season two takes us on coffee's journey from shelf to sip. Today I'm joined in the studio by my beautiful co host, Katie. I hate being introduced. It's so awkward because I'm just like, hey. hey. I remember every single episode I used to have to do that, and I yeah. hated it. Like, I, I I, dreaded it the whole time. I was like, how am I going to say it today? Like, what mood are we going for? Are we going to be like, hey? Are we going to be like, hey? Like, But know. you decided not or to not do either of those and just go with the super awkward silence where – the podcaster is thinking, mm, like, is did it really just here? like, did it just pause or like, what's going on? It's and then the little, and then the little teehee, like the little laugh in there. The teehee. What is the teehee? That's the little laugh. Oh, one of my friends makes fun of me. That sounds so pick me. I'm so sorry. But like one of my friends, there's some laugh I do. I have like a whole array of laughs depending yeah. on like what it is. But there's something I do where it's like, I don't know. But, like, she always makes fun of it. Makes fun of it. It's like a little giggle of some sort. I don't know if I can recreate it right now because I don't know how it goes. I'm only conscious of it if someone, like, calls me out. You know, and the thing with a laugh is, like, I mean, you just, like, it's uncontrollable. You can't, Like, yeah. you can't, like, choreograph your laugh. Yeah. My favorite thing ever to do, I don't know if any of y'all in, like, other countries do this, but, like, at least a Southern American thing to do, like, growing up as kids is, like, Someone lays on the floor, right? And then they'll cross their arms over their chest in like an X. And then another person will say, breathe in and then breathe out. And as they're breathing out, you push hard on their chest and they'll start like laughing, like they're genuine laughing. I don't know why huh. it does that, but it's so funny. Well, speaking of funny, I was thinking <laughs> perfect segue to talking about coffee temperature today. What do you what do you think? Yeah, it's a really it, <laughs> it's just yeah, like, it just makes it's just sense. Just like A plus B obviously equals a, C. Coffee. Yeah, like a triangle. <laughs> All right. A squared so, plus B squared equals C squared Pythagorean theorem. So listen, so we're going to be talking about the coffee temperature, the temperature that we extract our coffee but also that we drink our coffee. And I'm going to be talking today with Alex Nathan of the Mark Spencer Hotel in Portland, Oregon. And you're thinking, why in the world are we talking to somebody who is who owns a hotel? But this guy is into coffee, and you'll have to listen to the episode to see why and why it makes sense that I actually got him on the show. 
Um, but we know from other shows that, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit, it's kind of that 195 to 205 is that perfect range for extraction. But the really cool part is I did some research on what is the actual perfect temperature range for you know, actually drinking the coffee for it to taste the best for us. And I was super surprised by that. I'm not going to go into the details here. You have to listen to the episode. But I was really surprised what temperatures people really, really like their coffee. And, and, and I found it afterwards, after the interview, to be true. I just didn't realize that that was the temperature that my coffee was when I was drinking it. And I thought, man, this is delightful. So delightful. Yeah. And so we'll get into it. Um, anything else on coffee and temperature before we jump over to our friend Alex? Me personally, no. Okay. All right. We're jumping in. We're going to talk to Alex Nathan with the Mark Spencer Hotel in Portland, Oregon. Alex, good to have you on today. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, you know, you and I met recently. Um, at a coffee competition, and I'm from the South, and you are from the Pacific Northwest, um, Portland, what I would currently call the home to where specialty coffee is going. We appreciate that. We we want to think that we're home to some great coffees, but um, fortunately, we have some amazing coffees around the country. Yeah, now that's, that's very true. Um, but definitely think there are many good uh, roasters and good cafes there. And today on Coffee 101, I thought we would talk about temperature and how temperature impacts uh, the cup of coffee itself. And so I figured you and I could go through, um, you know, just some crunch some details as far as coffee temperature it goes. And then I had... A couple of twists that I thought were kind of interesting, how elevation affects brewing temperature, and then just in general, optimal coffee drinking drinking temperatures. So we'll just jump right in. Great. All right. So, you know, coffee has over a thousand compounds that affect like aroma and taste, and probably one of... The big things, if 101ers, you were going to stop the podcast here in the next 30 seconds to take home, is the higher the temperature, the quicker the extraction. Um, you know, and I'll say everything in Fahrenheit. I know um, Alex and I talked about before the show started, he uses Celsius a lot, um, but with Fahrenheit, Temperatures above 205 can run the risk of over-extracting the coffee, which will lead to kind of a bitter taste. Or some folks would talk about it. Um, it's almost like it would have too much body, um, but it's really more kind of a bitterness. Um, what would you say? Have you had some, I guess, in your coffee career, you've had some over-extracted coffees? I have, yeah. It's really important to be careful about identifying the type of coffee that you have, whether it's a light roast, medium roast, and dark roast, and finding that optimal grind and temperature so that you don't either get too much sourness, mm-hmm. which is 
resulted being under extracted or you have an over extraction where you're pulling too much out of the coffee and you're getting bitterness. And it's very similar to with, we have a cafe of our own in the hotel and we're calibrating daily our espresso um, particularly. And that is to make sure that it's not too sour, not too bitter. You want to find that sweet spot. And the same thing applies to when you do pour over or make coffee at home. Yeah. And, um, just to back up a second, uh, because I don't actually think I said this, and correct me if I if I'm wrong here, but um, just as background, Alex owns the Mark Spencer Hotel in and operates that in Portland, Oregon, but also on the side to elevate his guests' time there, he roasts coffee. We do. We've dived all in. We love it. Coffee's everything to us, so that's, that's awesome. definitely part of our experience. Awesome. Okay, so I wanted to make sure I said that so people didn't get confused when we were talking about hotels. Um, so kind of like what you said, one way I think about it is with temperature, no matter what, the first things that are going to extract when you're doing any kind of brew are what I would call your acids, sweetness, fruitiness, florals, you know, so kind of that citrusy front end. Um, And then as it continues to extract on the back end is where you're pulling in like the, the body and the aftertaste um, and stuff like that. And so usually we would say 195 to 205 Fahrenheit is the ideal hot brewing temp. And I thought, this is really interesting, and I had a friend point this out to me, um, honestly, probably within the last month, and I did some research on it, and it makes sense to me, is he said for lighter roast, you may want to brew on the higher end of this temp to help extract more of that body out. And then conversely, on darker roast, you may want to brew on the lower end so that you, what I would call, don't get too much kick or body or boldness on that back end. Yeah, one way that I think about it too is that when you, because we're roasting as well. So if I'm roasting a coffee, just like cooking, the more you roast, the more water you're going to, to expel from the coffee bean as you're roasting, which means that the coffee bean in a roasted, in its roasted form, is going to be more brittle. And if you have something that's more brittle, it's more soluble. Mm-hmm. So so that's how I think about it as well. And that is that because it's so soluble, you want to have a little lighter temperature of the water going through so you're not over extracting. Okay. So I think that's really, really important. So for a one or oneers out there again, say that again. Tell us about tell us about the water and and the, the roast level and solubility. Well, let's just imagine maybe for a moment if we're going to just using what we all know, Starbucks. Starbucks tends to roast their coffees to a darker level. That's what they're known for. Pete's Coffee as well. They're, in a way, pioneers, uh, particularly in the U.S., but they've expanded globally. They tend to always roast dark. With those coffees, they're going to be a more brittle bean compared to what you might find with a very specialty roaster such as... I'm going to use another example in the other extreme, Scandinavian coffee, um, which often is a very, very Nordic roast, is a very light roast. Mm-hmm. 
those beams, if you took a hammer to them, that Nordic roast from Scandinavia, it's going to take quite a hit before it's going to really break down. Or if you put a Starbucks bean next to it, darker color, darker roast, lost more of its water in the roasting process, you're going to slam it with a hammer. It's going to it's going to disintegrate immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's the same way I think about it with the water. If you put hot water on both, which one's going to have more extraction? It's going to be the Starbucks bean. If mm-hmm. you use both the same temperature, same water on both beans, the Starbucks bean could have a higher probability of more bitterness. Yeah, and so that then falls back into what we were saying earlier about with a darker roast, um, you may want to be on the lower end of that temperature. Um, And this is getting super into the weeds for this episode, but not for the entirety of Season 2 of Coffee 101. But another thing you could think about is if you had the temperature the same, you could change to a coarser grind setting for that darker roast to lower that extraction. But correct. that's another thought for another episode. So the main <laughs> two things are, one, if you're enjoying your cup of coffee, then thumbs up. Like, it doesn't matter past that point. And then two, you know, through um, Coffee 101, we hope that you can then see what kind of adjustments you would need to make depending on what you are tasting in the cup if you do think the cup is off um i actually one time i was in a aeropress championship and i brewed so the judges tasted the coffee immediately after i brewed it and that was just how it the competition was and so the what i did to make it more palatable instead of piping hot is i brewed at about 185 fahrenheit um, and it still made a good cup of coffee. So that 195 to 205 is not like, you know, if you're not in that range, you know, it's the death of your coffee. That's a really good point, Kenneth. Yeah, I've, I've had that too, because I love, I travel quite a bit for business and whatnot. And my, my choice is always the AeroPress when I travel, um, makes a brilliant cup of coffee, good balance of the the flavor with the body just by virtue of how it's designed. And many, many times I will use that lower temperature as well, um, especially when I'm on the go. Um, you know, there's another element too to think of is, do you have time to wait for that cup of coffee to cool, which gets into another conversation, I guess, right? Um, to get the optimal flavors out of it. Right. Yep. And in a second, we'll talk about those, uh, those optimal tasting temperatures which i actually found super interesting and was uh some data that i was not aware of um before going into you know learning about this episode so for 101ers out there if you're at your house and you're making your coffee and you're thinking how am i going to actually you know measure the temperature of the water uh alex and i would recommend a gooseneck kettle, uh, most of them will tell you your temperature. But, and I know this sounds crazy, but you can actually use a kitchen thermometer, you know, like a meat thermometer or something like that, and that would give you your temperature. And if you don't have that, then some people would say, and again, this starts to get um, a little less exact, but, you know, say at least 30 seconds off boil, which 
depending on elevation, we'll say is, you know, 212 Fahrenheit. Right. So let me, here's, here is a fun, like, side fact that, um, that I was thinking about. All right. So follow me here. The, the hotter the brewing temperature, the faster, if you're using a pour over, the water will move through. And I had noticed this, a coffee friend of mine had noticed this. And so I looked it up and basically what it is, is, is the extraction and the dissolution or like the stuff coming out of the coffee processes come to a completion sooner, the hotter the water, which makes sense. So this is kind of an odd way to think about it, but the way I think about it is like if you're walking down a hall of friends that you know versus you're like running on a track, that same distance you're going to cover a lot quicker if you don't have to interact a lot. Whereas it's going to take you a lot longer to get down that hall, you know, interacting. Same way with the coffee and the water. Um, It just kind of slows it down until it has what I would call gone through the hall or, you know, gone through the actual grounds. Have you noticed that with hotter temps and cooler temps, or do y'all stay pretty steady on your bar? We're staying, we're staying pretty steady on the bar because many times we're roasting to sort of a medium level. Um, in our case, we do a lot of Omni roast, which is kind of a, a roast that we're able to have versatility on. We can use it for espresso and for batch brew. And because the batch brew bean roast level is mostly within a, a, a narrow spectrum, of solubility we're not having to adjust too often because when we start getting having to adjust it creates a a quality control issue Mm. when we're changing our staff daily so that's just what we do internally to try to avoid having our coffee one morning on drip let's say tasting sour versus bitter we know that for the most part it's foolproof and i can avoid that but at home certainly i i absolutely follow what what you're saying and what we're saying here, which is that it depends on the coffee I use. Cause at home I bring it light roast and medium roast and sometimes even a dark roast home. And I absolutely will change particularly my temperature mm-hmm. over my grind setting. And I use my temperature of hot water, but at times I may have to tweak further and I may adjust my grind setting, but I try not to, I use temperature as my real variable. Stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. All right, guys, I have to be honest. I didn't even know stats like this existed out there, but we just learned as of this episode that we are in the top 2% of podcasts out there in the world. So that's because of y'all, because of the 101ers out there. So I wanted to say thank you for listening and encourage you, as we always do, to tell a friend and give us a rating if you hadn't already. And if you have questions, just leave them in the rating and we read all of them. And we would love to hear from you because we love our Coffee 101 community. Now, let's get back to the show. You know, another thing, just thinking about it while you were talking, is, and you notice this when cupping, and I guess you notice it in a pour-over as well, 
is the darker the bean, the more the grounds will tend to float regardless of agitation. And I wonder if that also makes a difference in how fast the water goes through there versus, you know, your lighter rows tend to sink. Anyway, just a random that's thought. A, that's a really interesting thought. I haven't thought about that, but as you said that, I was imagining this morning, I typically do two or three pour-overs of different coffees every morning, and I had a coffee this morning that was quite dark, darker than usual, mm-hmm. and it wasn't mine, which is, why, which is why it was darker. Usually, I'm doing my own coffees and tasting a variety, and this coffee was darker than mine, and um, I had quite a bit of... I guess, particles, if you will, and blooming, even mm-hmm. though the coffee had been roasted a while ago. So that would make sense. Yeah. Well, let's jump into cold brew because, um, you know, that's an important aspect when thinking about temperature as well because we're definitely not brewing within that 195 to 205. So a couple of things here is ultimately that temperature is going to make a difference in what comes out but you also have to have an awareness of how long you are allowing that extraction. So most of our one-on-oneers out there know um, if they've been listening for a while um, and they're coffee geeks like Alex and I are, that your cold brew is not going to be a three-minute brew. You know, it's something where it's 12 hours, 24 hours, even 36 hours, and you're going to get... If you hold everything else equal, you're going to get different flavor notes if you have your cold brew with room temperature water versus if you have it in the fridge with, like, fridge temperature water. Um, even if you vary the overall time. Um, and another couple of things with cold brew is people tend to, by default, just think of it as what we call smoother and so you're going to get a lot of the stuff on the front end that's easily soluble like your your sweetness your fruitiness your acidic flavors your citrusy type stuff it's going to be a lot harder unless it's a dark roast to get that back end like boldness aftertaste um and so those are just a couple things to think about with um with cold brew alex any thoughts on that yeah, well, on cold brew, we don't do it as often, um, other than seasonally more in the summer, um, just because we don't sell it. Portland has cold weather for about seven, eight months of the year or rainy weather. and People don't gravitate to that here as much. But yeah, I would agree that cold brews will really bring out that sweetness and smooth body and lower acidity, which is what some people prefer, um, and it does vary based on whether you're doing room pe- room temperature or refrigerator. We do our cold brew actually on a um, Cyclo- Cyclops batch brewer, yeah, which is a very specialty type machine. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, and it doesn't take us 12 hours. We do it within about, I think it's a 10-minute brew. It's like a and vacuum. And it's using, yeah, it's like a vacuum. And it's really impressive because we can do it to order then 10 minutes we can do one or two liters mm. um so it's great when we need it on demand yeah. and then we don't have to do a 12-hour setup with a big let's say a toddy system or something like that yeah so and what alex is talking about one-on-oneers here is 
one factor we haven't talked about as much up to this point is the pressure. And so if you're if you can set it up where it's a vacuum, then you can change the whole game um, as far as the extraction. And so you can definitely extract a lot quicker even for cold brew. So just something to think about. But interestingly, as far as a segue and thinking about pressure, when we're talking about boiling point being 212 Fahrenheit, that's at sea level. Now, let's say you're in Denver, Colorado, and it's, you know, above um, or around, we'll say, 5,000 feet above sea level. Um, Boiling point is going to be about 10 degrees lower, so it's going to be about 202, you know, kind of ballpark. And so that really starts to eat into your, that, that window of that 195 to 205, which then makes it really interesting um, as far as, you know, what do you do uh, now if, like when Alex was talking earlier about an AeroPress or something like a uh, French press where it's an immersion, then you can control the amount of time that the water is with the coffee before it's what we call pressed out. Um, whereas if it's a pour over or you have a, you know, just a Mr. Coffee or a certified brewer, it's going to be hard sometimes to keep it almost boiling um, and, and get that to work. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. That, and we just had, I just had a conversation with a green coffee importer and we were discussing roasting as well as that. And even with competitions and the elevation does make it tricky yeah you can that temperature really can vary and impact your coffee as you said um and the other variable that they often use and i haven't tried this because we're not elevation but for places such as denver is they have to they find themselves having to change their grind setting i believe and correct me kenneth if my thinking is wrong here i believe they're having to maybe go finer with that's, their coffee. Yeah, that's correct. many times. Yep. Right. Yeah, because if you think about it, you're inherently pushing yourself towards a lower temperature for trying to extract. And if you're going to a lower temperature, you need more surface area of the grounds to be able to extract from. And so, so that's why you would go to a finer um, grind setting. That's right. Yeah. And so as far as just brewing at elevation, I would say just have an awareness that that can factor in and that the boiling point changes, but our optimal temperature for, you know, doing the coffee itself does not change. We would still say 195 to 205 ballpark if you're doing hot coffee. So you can go to a finer grind size. Um, You can use a brew method that'll keep it closer to boiling, um, like I was talking about before. You can also use a brew method that would control the pressure because what happens with boiling is it starts to boil and vapor escapes when the vapor equals the pressure in the air. So at a higher altitude, you have lower pressure in the air, and so that's why it boils at a lower temperature. 
But if you have something, for example, like an espresso machine where you get up to a decent pressure, then when you're doing the actual extraction, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, So that's something to think about. Okay, last thing. Let's talk about optimal coffee drinking temps. So one thing I'll say, and this is just me getting on my soapbox, is that if you're drinking anything piping hot or super, super ice cold, then I don't think you're necessarily enjoying what that beverage has to offer. And that might be the point. So, in you know, for an example, for me, I think about beer. You know, a lot of beer that people drink ice cold might not be like, you know, the best beer in the world. But like, for example, an IPA, you know, I, I'm going to want that, you know, not room temperature, but somewhere between room temperature and ice cold so that you can appreciate it. And it's the same thing with coffee. Absolutely. There's, <laughs> I always think about coffee this way. I enjoy my coffee hot or in the beginning just to sort of acclimate myself, warm up. I'm not necessarily driving for the taste other than I don't want it to be bitter or sour. So what we've been talking about certainly comes into play because if it's not prepared properly, one of those two flavors, if you will, will come through and that's not pleasant. But if a good brewed coffee and it's hot, it's fine in the beginning. But where you really start to enjoy the coffee is a few minutes in when the coffee's had time to cool off a little bit, maybe to, let's say, a warmer temperature. Yeah. And then you start you start tasting the layers of the the notes of berries, let's say the jasmine or the tea-like notes. And then yet you have that body and substance, let's say chocolate toffee caramel behind it. And that's when you really that's when your your whole experience takes you up another notch. And then you know that you found this people call it like um uh, God's cup or whatever, golden cup. And right. every now and then you have this cup of coffee that just takes you to another world and you go, wow, that's brilliant. But it's always at that optimal temperature, which is generally a warm uh, temperature. Yep. And so this, and and here, what I'm about to say, the, this is all stuff that is new to me, but is very helpful for me to to now make sense of things that I have noticed, but I've never been able to put numbers to. So there was a study uh, out of the Washington Post, I think in 2015, and they polled like 300 people. And basically, they averaged out that the, the optimal enjoying temperature for a cup of coffee was around 136 Fahrenheit. So that's that's pretty far off of you know, your 195 to 205, which is your brewing. And we've talked about in a previous episode uh, with Michael Matthews of Alenia Coffee Roasters that he and I have found that about maybe 12 to 15 minutes for just a regular, you know, cup of coffee is about how much we might wait before, you know, saying, okay, this cup of coffee is starting to get, you know, good. Interesting you use that time too, because I think you're I think that's correct. Twelve to fifteen minutes. And I know this is coffee one one, but for those that like myself and yourself, we roast coffee and one of the ways that we always test it is to do what they call cupping, yeah. which is the sensory analysis of your cup. And what you're doing is you pour boiling water, in this case, actually right after boil, 
onto the cup and then you're waiting a total of, you know, starting at four minutes and then another 12 minutes after that. So 15 plus minutes before you really start sipping the coffee because otherwise it's too hot and you yeah. can't scent, you can't discern the flavor notes. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and one thing I've, I've noticed and I even commented last time you and I were in a competition together um, to the judges was that when I cupped or tasted my coffee at 10 minutes, the four coffees that I roasted, which were fairly similar uh, to each other in, in roast profile, I could not tell the difference. I could not tell the difference in them. And so I was thinking, oh, man, this is not good. But then as it started hitting that 12, 13, 14, 15-minute mark, I could start to tell a difference. And um, so anyway, so it all now starts to make a little more sense to me. It's funny when we talk about the temperature. I don't know if you find yourself doing this, but even with regular water sometimes, yeah. I love to drink boiling water or hot water. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually in Asia, it's very common to do this. My wife is Chinese born and she's got me hooked on drinking hot water, huh. um, even on a hot summer day. And when it gets to like 12, 15 minutes, I start sipping it almost as if though I'm doing a sensory analysis. And Portland water is known for being so good and so clean that we don't have to worry about um, filtering it for when we use it for pour over. It's not a hard water. It's not too soft. It tends to be just right. So we're very fortunate that way. But yeah, water, I love water, just like I love my good coffee at 15 minutes in. Yeah, so I am, those are my two main things is is water and coffee. A couple last things, um, and then I want to, I want to talk to you about um, what you're doing there at the at the hotel. So optimal aroma or the smell of your coffee is going to be between 140 and 158 Fahrenheit. And the optimal taste or flavors shine through, interestingly, at about 88 to 122 Fahrenheit. Um, so just a couple of random fun tidbits for you 101ers out there. And Alex, tell me about your family history and Portland and the Mark Spencer Hotel and what you're doing there with coffee. Sure. Thank you. It's, um, well, our family, we've owned uh, this boutique hotel in downtown Portland for nearly 50 years. The hotel itself was built in 1907. It is one of the oldest continually operating hotels in the city of Portland. Um, Portland's population really boomed between 1905 and 1915. Mm -hmm. And hence, this hotel is one of many buildings in the downtown Central Core area that was built during that significant population boom of the city. And my uh, grandmother used to live in the hotel from the early 70s until she passed away in 1980. As a child, my older sister and I, and I have a younger sister as well, and my older sister and I lived many times, spending many nights with my grandmother there. And then our family, we've owned it since 1977. So um, literally, it's a second home, if you will, to yeah. to me and my family. We love it passionately. How did I get into coffee? How does it go into the, to the guest experience? Is that hotels are somewhat of a commodity. You have a bed, you have a place to stay. 
But what separates hotels, just like restaurants or anything in hospitality or service, is just that, the hospitality, the memories that you create for your guests. And I got into coffee many years ago, primarily because of my frequent travels, um, both domestically and abroad. And for me, there was nothing, I lo always loved coffee, but there's nothing worse than trying to fight jet lag or traveling abroad or domestically even and having a not so great cup of coffee. Yeah. And then the light bulb went off for me, like, wait a minute. For us, everything quintessential is how do we make sure our guests at the Mark Spencer Hotel are happy as much as we can do within our abilities. And it's not just having a great mattress and a great bed and fantastic smiling service. How can we make that coffee separate us from others? And five years ago, we invested in, um, I decided to, I was at the SCA, mm -hmm. Specialty Coffee Association, a big event they hold annually in North America, around the world. But this one was in Seattle, close by. Mm -hmm. And I saw a coffee roaster and um, it happens to be one that's used for competition roasting. And I said, you know what? Why don't I try this? Maybe it'll work if we roast our own coffee. One, I can choose the coffee we want. Number two, probably save a lot of money because mm -hmm. buying for us buying wholesale and offering free coffee to our guests became quite a budget line for us. Right. And um, maybe I can spend the same amount of money but have something that's really unique. Mm -hmm. And that's what we ended up doing. So five years ago, we started. And um, for two plus years now, um, during the pandemic, when we weren't able to bring staff in frequently to help do the roasting anymore, contract staff because of COVID limitations, I ended up getting into it myself. And that's where we are today. I roast the coffee at night or on the weekend. I love it. It's a form of Kind of a way to me to detach meditation, if you will. Yeah. I therapy. get into my groove and therapy and bring it home. And my wife jokingly says, she goes, gosh, you're indispensable. I have always loved you dearly, but you're certainly indispensable now because I make her a beautiful cup of coffee every morning. Yeah, that's So awesome. on all levels of my life and for the guests, it's been, it's just been a beautiful journey. And I tell my kids and we tell, I say, whatever you do in life, do it passionately, enjoy it. Certainly the coffee is part of our hotel and business model, but I really do it because we truly love what we do. And we hope that it is just one more element that brings a smile to our guests every morning when they start their day. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's a, it's a great and unique way um, to separate yourself uh, and the hotel, like you said. And um, we, for one of oneers if you're in the Portland area, um, you basically have to stay at the Mark Spencer Hotel. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes, um, and you can follow them on social media. We'll put that link as well, but it is Mark Spencer Hotel, just one word, on Instagram. And, um, man, Alex, it was great having you on today. Thank you, Kenneth, very much. It's been a pleasure, and uh, hope to see some visitors come to Portland at some point, and enjoy the coffee and it's been great to, to speak with you thank you all right take care pretty cool guy yeah um you know one of the things that i thought was neat of course we already talked about or i kind of alluded to it in the intro but the 
temperature that people really statistically enjoy their coffee, um, which I just found surprising and pretty fascinating, which for the taste and flavor, which is kind of the big thing for us, uh, as low as 88 degrees Fahrenheit, but all the way up, I mean, to up to like 122. Oh, yeah. But still, think about it like, you know, you're brewing at like 195 to 205. Right. So that's, it probably cools off a lot after, like, most people put creamer in their coffee. Yeah. Which is cold usually. Yeah. So that probably... <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't gonna make fun of you. I wasn't gonna make fun of you. I just said yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, we'll leave that out there for you, one on <laughs> Just so you know, creamers is usually cold. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, go ahead. Anyways, I was gonna say when people put it in there, by the time they put it in there, it's probably cooled off. But if you just if you just drink it black, yeah, then it's. Probably gonna take a second. Yeah, and if you remember when I talked to Matt Matthews with Alenia Coffee Roasters, we talked about, and it was crazy because I just done this specific thing that day. I did that interview. Was he said he waits about uh, twelve to fifteen minutes on a cup of black coffee before he drinks it. That's and a while. It is, but think about the temperature that it's got to get to to where we say we enjoy it. Yeah, that's you true. Know, so that's pretty interesting. Um, and then that the aroma is optimal at about 140 and 158 degrees Fahrenheit. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so I think that, you know, and even if I know a lot of our 101ers out there, if not all of y'all are what I would call the coffee curious. And mm-hmm. so you may not be doing like super high end specialty coffee as a producer, um, but if you are, or if you're a shop, um, I think some of these things are important as far as things that, you know, we look for. Um, so, yeah. So, temperature. Pretty cool. That's all we have today. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and I was joined in the studio by... Oh, here we go again. Katie... Thomas. Woof woof. And we loved being with y'all today in your ears. In your ears? I almost said ear, but I was like, technically people have well, two ears. sometimes people are deaf in one ear. That's true. But maybe my ear comment makes up for your creamer is sometimes cold. Okay, that's not even <laughs> what I was laughing at. <laughs> well, that's what I was laughing at. Uh, well, listen... We enjoyed being in your ears today, and uh, we hope that y'all will join us next time. Next time, we're going to talk about coffee volume versus weight. So that'll be good, and I've got another good friend of mine, Brian Hensley, with uh, Indy Coffee Roasters. Uh, He'll be on the show. So that'll be fun, and we want y'all to do a couple things. We always say this, but we still want you to do them. Like, comment, and subscribe. No, that's like three things. Oh. Two things. What do we always tell people to do? Refer a friend. Well, no, tell a friend. I mean, yeah. like, you can refer, but that sounds like too, too fancy. Like, we're we're coming from that 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 humble approach, humble. like that approachable, like, you know, so we're a little more informal. Yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you're going to, well, sometime you're going to have to tell the story about how you got the name. Humble. Yeah, you're going to yeah. tell it in the beginning because most people won't listen to the very end of the show. Okay, fair enough. 
All right, so tell a friend, and if you would like to, give us a rating. Uh, we read every one of them, and uh, some of them have made us blush. And so, blush. Yeah, so that's a good thing. All right, love y'all. See you next time. <laughs>